0: Film Fanatics, fanatics. fanatics. from the silver screen to your earphones, with Alan Azulai and Gal Balaban. Welcome back to Film Fanatics, where we talk about the movies that have us obsessed, excited, and inspired. I'm Alan. And I'm Gal.
1: And today we've been sucked out of our own reality and entered the vast and unpredictable Spider-Verse, where we've encountered some expert spider fans in the multiverse that's right
0: today uh, is a very web slinger heavy episode as we celebrate the release of spider-man across the spider-verse which is in theaters right now and we're also going to look back at sam raimi's uh, rendition of the of the web slinger and if it still holds up
1: he is your favorite insightful teenager who posts about his life in movies on instagram and youtube at the real eli hollingsworth it's of course eli hollingsworth over okay. the
2: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Welcome. We're very happy to have you,
1: but we're also joined by a movie critic with the best sense of humor, the best rants, the best movie feuds. He's gained almost 70K followers on his YouTube channel. Adam Does Movies. Let's give a warm welcome to Adam Olinger from Adam Does Movies.
3: Hello. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Thank you both so much for being here. Uh, It's an exciting day for the film fanatics. Having uh, both of you with us.
1: First of all, we'd like to talk a bit about those original Spider-Man movies. Of course, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man from 2002 was the first movie that brought Spider-Man into, I guess, mainstream popular culture in a way. Before we had the MCU, we had X-Men, and then we had this movie. And um, we'd like to start, let's hear first maybe from Eli, a bit about your history of this movie and where you feel it holds up when you watch it now
2: uh well so i'm like as you said i'm 16 i'm a teenager right so i i didn't like these these movies are like my spider-man i would say is probably tom holland that's my generation's spider-man that's what that's what like i the my first introduction was probably tom holland spider-man uh and maybe even the cartoons as well but the raimi trilogy like looking back on it now probably a lot of kids my i know a lot of kids my age don't Love the Raimi trilogy just because of like, you know, like you guys know all the memes, like all the, the meme culture, the silliness. There's some there's some aspects of it that are kind of like, but yeah, uh, so I watched the first three, the Raimi movies, with my brother and my dad. Like we watched them all like a few years ago, Christmas, like something. And for me personally, I still think they really do hold up. It's really easy for me to like take a movie on its own terms, see what the filmmaker is trying to do with it, like what, what it's trying to do. And look at the time. You know that it was made in like the culture the 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 time of that era that is what that superhero movies were the the formula had not been you know so saturated as it is today where we get hundreds of different superhero movies we have superhero movies to spare you know like that was a very new thing at that time so the the formula was still being worked on and i personally don't see like like the maybe quote-unquote campy aspects that other people my age would say about the movie I see as just landmarks of where, you know, the society was, where the the culture was, where the movies were at that time, the, the superhero movie formula had, again, not been, it, it hadn't been fully worked out yet, so it was just, a, it's, a, it's a groundbreaking series of movies because that was the first one to do that superhero, or one of the first, there was Blade also or whatever, you know, the other uh, superhero movies of that time, it was really the first, like you said, the first mainstream one, I saw this, uh, like, real the other day. It was of actors from Marvel who were famous because of Marvel, and then it showed a few who were who said it Marvel is famous because of them. And I think there's a like there's a equal feeding off for some of it. Like in some aspects, the people are just as famous because of Marvel as Marvel is because of them, right? But this movie, this trilogy with Sam Raimi, it really is what catapulted Marvel. One of the main things that catapulted Marvel into the mainstream. So I always respect those movies in that sense. Um, it, it, no matter what like aspects of it might be, not as you know respected in today's standards. I still think it's very much like it's it's a landmark of of cinema and superhero cinema at that time so i will always respect those movies and even watching them i still find tons of enjoyment i mean they're 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 great they're great movies like they're still i still think they hold up very well by today's standards even you know like the cgi i still think it holds up i think the movie is the, the all three of them maybe not the third one as much uh but the the trilogy as a whole i still think is very it's very well done i think it's great i think the movies are great so um i very much r- long-winded answer to say i i very much like uh, these movies to answer your eli questions. doesn't
3: like them is what he's trying to say yeah what i'm trying to say is these are my <laughs> least favorite movies friends? i've ever seen in my life that's terrible what, that's really films. what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. yeah I, I hate
2: them <laughs>
3: so bad uh i'm a dinosaur compared to the rest of you but i do have children <laughs> of my own and uh, they really, my daughter, my daughter doesn't really give a crap about the, any of the MCU stuff, but uh, my son Connor, he's a big fan of the Sam Raimi movies. He's also seen the amazing Spider-Man movies and Tom Holland stuff that you guys grew up with. He, uh, he's just a fan of all of them for their different reasons. You know, Sam Raimi is such a visionary director. He's off the beaten path. When you see one of his movies, you know, because he has a style to him, he has a swagger. You look at the mm-hmm. Evil Dead franchise. Even something like The Quick and the Dead has all these like zoom-ins and these these crazy camera angles. And yes, they're a little hokey. I do think they are a little campy, but it's it's an intentional camp that he brings to the table. And I think that's really what people look back on with the Spider-Man trilogy as a whole. MCU often is criticized for kind of being boilerplate and having a conveyor belt production line. All their movies kind of feel and look the same. They can't really yeah. swear. They make headlines if an f Even Spider-Man 3 with the studio interference. So I look back on them not because I'm like a massive fan, but just I appreciate when a director can see his vision to completion. And you look at something like Spider-Man 2, it's it's still kind of the gold standard as far as how to build up an action set piece, how to build up relationships with characters.
0: Uh, so, so actually I grew up with um, the Raimi trilogy as my... As my Spider-Man, technically, so I effectively effectively grew up with him, and I guess Bayo is Batman. So, so yeah, I do have a very special place in my heart for this trilogy. I can understand that there's like a lot of uh, a lot of campiness, but like Adam just said, like it's intentional camp. And even if you watch something like Doctor Strange that um uh, in the multiverse of madness uh, that Raimi directed uh, last year. You can still see that, and I I love it. I know there's a lot of people that, that don't, but actually, some of my favorite parts of those movies are the horror campy stuff. Like you said, uh, the on in Spider-Man 2, like that's the go that was, and for me, and probably for a lot of people it still is the go the gold standard for for a superhero flick. And that scene, uh, where the arms take control of a uh, Doctor. Uh, Octopus arms control, and uh, they kill, he kills a bunch of people. It's like one of the campiest, best things ever put in It's It was a great scene. <laughs> mm,
2: yeah.
1: Some people put Spider-Man is like one of the best comic book movies of all time, and when I first got exposed like, the Avengers was a movie that got me into like live-action sci-fi action movies because I was ten. At the time, my real like first exposure to the Raimi Spider-Man movie was, I remember when I was young, I'd watch it on TV. And when I was really young, like before I was like a super big movie guy, I was impressed because it had it done a really good job of capturing the traditional um, comic book origin of Peter Parker in this way that was very comic book um, accurate and comic book friendly. But actually, when I was like first getting like passionate about those kind of movies, it was right as The Avengers came out. And if you don't remember, just two months after The Amazing Spider-Man was released. So I think my first exposure to like, really appreciating them was when The Amazing Spider-Man came out. And I saw it in theaters with my friend on opening day. Um, and so looking back at the first Spider-Man, I think it does do a very good job of um, like bringing in those visuals into the big screen for the first time i can't speak because i was born the same year this movie came out so i can't speak for the impact it had and the excitement there was especially sam raimi having come from two decades of respect as this auteur filmmaker and being able to put his stamp on it um so i do think some of the campiness doesn't hold up especially i've just never been big on toby's performance um like especially the peter parker side of it just because i feel like he's a little like Not on the realistic side, and Kirsten Dunst, I I didn't love either. But Willem on the podcast,
3: guys. See you later.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Willem Dafoe, I think he does hold up. I mean, even in comparison to a lot of the MCU villains, I feel like Willem Dafoe just did an excellent job of making like the scientist guy who then turns into this weird guy and it held up in the campy version of a 2002 movie but it also holds up in the mcu as we saw just a year and a half ago when he came back in the way home um also i don't know james franco uh like re-watching it i don't love either but like the whole uncle ben stuff like like there are some good lines like i missed the part where that's my problem but some of it is like meme worthy something like uncle ben and aunt may are good in this movie but i think i've also been tainted by the fact that this these movies are like memes especially so sometimes it's like it was supposed to be a serious part but i'm thinking in my head there's been memes about this so maybe i'm just too young
3: well, to be fair that's kind of what makes it special you there's no memes or really any quotable lines i can think of from the newer films yeah uh, mm-hmm. like that that's kind of what makes it timeless is you you have all these de- generations of people looking back now and finding something else to take from them
1: what i will say is like they had the practical effects i agree do hold up um, especially, you know, like, uh, the story about how many takes they did for the, the tray at the lunch place. So I do think the effects mostly hold up, maybe not salmon in the third movie, but we'll get to that movie.
0: The first one is like, it's, it's also so special because there wasn't really at that point, like a superhero movie, like in this scale, like, right. uh, like we've said before here, uh, there, there had been like blade and, um, I think X Men came out a few like yep. a couple of yeah. years. Yeah, before, yeah. X
2: Men, X Men was right before I think. X Men yeah. had a budget of
0: like thirty thousand
3: dollars. It was it was very wow. it was very small. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not even joking. I think it was it was it was less than forty thousand. I'm sorry. Th- did I say thirty thousand? Yeah.
0: Thirty million. Yeah, no, thirty million. Oh, I was gonna yeah. say. Yeah. That's why I laughed
3: because
1: it's <laughs> the thirty thousand. I thought you were like. No,
3: I wasn't making a joke for once. But
0: I. Because <laughs> before then we had like batman and uh, and superman uh those were yeah. the big ones that we had on the big screen and but i think as a modern superhero movie this is really like the first example that's not like a crazy team up like the x-men movie is and like it i i think we do have to appreciate it for that at least i appreciate it for a lot more but like um yeah, like the quintessential origin origin movie, in my opinion. Like, the, even though I don't put it as one of the best ones ever, um, that's uh, that spot is held up by one we'll talk about soon. But, uh, but yeah, uh, it's still, like, one of the best origins that we have.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, for me, the camping is kind of, like, adds to it, I think. Yeah, because yeah, it's, like, a, like Adam said, it's an intentional camp, right? Like, like it just, it, it gives it a very distinct... You know, tone to it. it it's a very because it's very Sam Raimi, which again, like he said, uh, a lot of MCU movies nowadays they feel like they're directed by like fifty different people who are saying this is where the story needs to go in the future. Right. So we got to add like, like I think uh, I liked Shang Chi, for example. Shang Chi. Shang a great example because I like the movie. I think it's a great yeah, I movie. Too. I think it's I entertaining. It too. Yeah, yeah but there's obviously some some parts in there I can see where maybe the committee, like the MCU higher ups decided you need to add this in. Like they're the subway train fight, right? Like they're fighting, they're doing all these cool kung fu moves. And then it's a cool sequence. But then like so then the guy uh with the like sword hand, he cuts the train open and then it starts like parading out of control and it was like I think what might have happened there, I don't I'm not saying what, what it really did happen but it looks like what happened is the mcu decided this needs a big cgi part of it like mm-hmm. add more interestingness into it it's a cool sequence it still works i still think it's a cool scene but maybe like there is supposed to be a kung fu fight and then they decided to make more cgi make it bigger mm-hmm. um and then like all the jokes a lot of times there'll be a serious moment undercut by a joke, which is what the MCU is kind of infamous for at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, the director, what's, uh, I forget the director's name of Shang-Chi. Do you guys remember who the director is? This is Daniel Cretton. Uh, yeah, this is Daniel Cretton. Yeah, right. um, yeah, he directed the uh, the Glass King. Uh, what was the. Uh, the Glass Castle. Glass Castle, yeah. Like, he, I, I haven't seen uh, his movies, but I, I don't know what his distinct style is because. Chong Chi feels like just, you know, another MCU movie. It's still entertaining. I still think it's a good movie. Like, I still give it a positive. I think it's a great movie. I like uh, Simu Liu or as, as uh, Chong Chi. I think he's a great character. I love the villain. It's a cool fight scene uh, between him and the, the villain. I love the movie, but it doesn't feel very distinct in light of the other MCU movies. Uh, Spider-Man 2002, Spider-Man 2, 2004, and Spider-Man 3, 2007. They feel like you can tell, like uh, Adam said, you can f- tell that one person directed it. You could know exactly who that person is because it's Sam Raimi. Yeah. And his Sam Raimi-isms are all over the movies. He has a very distinct style. So at this time, it's just like that's that's what makes it special to me is that it's very distinct. Like it's, you can tell yeah, it's, Sam it's Raimi James, did this. James movie.
3: Gunn. It's James Gunn with Guardians yes, of the Galaxy.
2: Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Uh, like like when you watch Guardians of the Galaxy volume 3 or any of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies you can tell this is James mm-hmm. Gunn's uh, style and you know you love it or hate it. I used to not like his style as much. I didn't think he was particularly, you know, amazing until I saw Guardians of the Galaxy volume 3. That really turned my perspective on James Gunn around to say I think his distinct style is really cool. Uh, and it's that's just really something special. As we all know Guardians of the Galaxy volume 3 was, you know, incredible, amazing. Right. Uh, yeah. Because he, he wrote the script before the Endgame even came out, right? Like, he wrote it and had exactly what he wanted to do in mind. And we're just lucky that Marvel allowed him to see it through. It was, it was mm-hmm. great. Uh, but that's definitely what's happening here with these movies. And Spider-Man, you know, as a character, always in the comics, was never really with the Avengers. He was kind of a loner. Like, all the time, he's just by himself. So when they put Tom Holland in the MCU and he was automatically with the Avengers... I think we lost a little bit of what made Spider-Man special, which is that he's just kind of by himself. He has his whole other rogues gallery, separate from the Avengers. He's in his own little world over here, fighting all these other villains that he has an emotional connection to. You really see that here, in the Spider-Man trilogy, like, he's just by himself. There's no other heroes in this universe. It's just Spider-Man. He's just fighting all these villains that he has an emotional connection to, and that's really something special from these movies that I really appreciate about uh, these movies. It's really... Like it's, yeah, and it's I really
0: think special that they're trying to bring back, uh, with the decision they made in the end of, uh, no way home. Okay. So usually when we're finishing talking about one movie, uh, we give it a score. This is a pretty old movie. So I'm guessing you guys have, uh, have a score for this one maybe pretty settled
2: at this point for the first the Spider-Man one,
0: Spider-Man one. Yeah. Okay. Um, so why don't we start with uh gal gal what's one out of ten spider-man
1: y'all are gonna y'all are gonna diff look when i re it when i re it which was like close to no way home i was like okay it's a solid six out of ten movie like it was fun but but maybe like six and a half so, uh, maybe i'm just harsh on it because because of the um, because of those parts that don't age well like but it, I did find myself able to, like, embrace the silliness a little more. Like, I love when Willem Defoe is just like, don't tell Harry. And then he just, like, falls over. Uh, or, like, there are some good moments. I just, especially compared to another installment in this trilogy and some of the other MCUs, which, like, is, was when my era of when I got into this. I just think in terms of rewatchability, there are usually other superhero movies that I flock to compared to, to 2002 Spider-Man.
3: What about you, Adam? It's painful.
0: Yeah, uh, it is painful, and I'm considering disbanding the podcast. But... Yeah, I mean,
3: I I don't even know where to go from here. It's it's I feel like
1: that's the most negative I'll be today. I hope.
3: <laughs> my, mm. my wife, for instance, doesn't like these movies because <laughs> she thinks to, uh, Toby Maguire makes dumbass faces, and um, you know, <laughs> like it's just too cheesy for her. So I can totally understand where everyone's coming from. It really is an acquired taste with Sam Raimi. A lot of people happen to like it, but there's also a good amount of people that are like, what are we doing here? What what is this all about? I don't like doing ratings. Uh, I I do on Letterboxd. And every time I do them, even I'm like, "Eh, is it four stars or three and a half? Like, I really get into it and it often changes um, I've ranked the Spider-Man movies probably five times in the last decade, and every time my list is different <laughs> because it's so <laughs> stupid. It's like where you're at when you watch a movie, how old you are, you know, your mm-hmm. environment, all of that comes into play. It, it's yeah. so subjective. but, when I look at Spider-Man as just like a bottle episode, something that came out back in 2002, it really was revolutionary. It completely jump-started the the superhero genre again, and then Iron Man, of course, would take it way past the goal line. But that was <laughs> that was really the litmus test. So I think Spider-Man won. I'm going to go a solid nine out of ten. Yes.
2: That's where I good feel. I, that's where I feel good. Uh, yeah, I'd probably give it the same nine out of ten. Yeah, definitely. That's um, it's it's. I mean, I yeah, I still think it very much holds up. It's it's uh, it's just a classic. It's a classic, you know. Like it's without it, we wouldn't have half of what we have today in terms of superhero movies. So it's definitely a classic. Nine out of ten. Yeah. Yeah,
0: uh, and why, why ruin this when we're in a good in a good role? Nine out of ten for me as well. <laughs> so, nine yeah. out
2: of tens across the board. All four of them. Yeah. yeah. The yep, four of yep,
0: us all win. gave it a nine. That's
2: great. Uh-huh. I love it. the right opinion to have.
1: Like, <laughs>
3: exactly. yeah. it's,
2: it's the honorable opinion, opinion. to have. Yes,
1: yeah. I support your take more than I do mine.
2: Right? <laughs>
1: like, well, it's kind like so no, like of like you look back on that. You're less likely to get banned.
0: What's the next movie we're talking? No, I prefer
1: Spider-Man over Richard Donner's Superman.
3: Sure. Oh, I'm just okay. saying, like, you watch Richard okay, Dunn's right now that movie has aged oh. like milk, but you can still look at it and, and get some. <laughs> but good it's, still stuff. Classic, it's, it's still a classic, though. It's still a classic. I still think and it's a classic. It yeah. is.
2: It's absolutely a classic. Yeah. Movie. Movie. It's, definitely, it's, it's definitely entertaining. Who, who doesn't want to yeah. watch a guy run around in tights, you know, like, like yeah. just standing like this and doing silly things? Like, that's, it's entertaining, at least, definitely. And the
3: Lex Luthor is still phenomenal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: We had a whole episode oh, where we talked about, about, about how like Christopher Reeve was like dubbed over as a teenager. Like, all this stuff. Basically, next movie we're talking about is Spider-Man 2. And this was released in 2004, two years after the success of Spider-Man. Um, and it's directed by Sam Raimi as well. And in this one, we had Alfred Molina as the villain, played by Doc Ock. This one, I again I don't remember it being huge in my childhood but I remember watching it around the time that the Andrew Garfield films came out and bear with me here at first I didn't like it and now I do so bear with me here but I do think this one's pretty good better than the first because it's like I think Alfred Molina's performance like elevates <laughs> it elevates like my whole memory of the trilogy just because when you look back at it, he's actually really sympathetic, you know, he's threatening and he has these voices in his head and he's deranged, but he's very sympathetic. You start with him and he's in the zone with his wife. Like he's not ill intentioned. And then this thing happens and he loses his wife and like his ability to be a regular man. Cause he has this thing in his spine. Um, and so I think Molina did a really good job. I think the main thing that sits me off in this movie is the whole like, um, Mary Jane leaving some guy at the altar for Peter, which I think was a little melodramatic, but everything else, I felt like y'all talked about Spider-Man having this big world to himself. And I think in this one, you really get to feel like the grandeur of New York, just because in the MCU, once you see the Avengers, like the the other, the spin-offs or standalones, whatever you want to call them, they feel slightly smaller just because you know, there's a living, breathing world here. When Spider-Man's swinging around, you feel like he's embodying this whole world with that Danny Elfman, music and of course we can talk about the train scene for a while uh, i think the visuals age really well in that scene um i don't remember how much of that was practical but i think the part with the tower and then it goes down to the train i think it's really rewatchable
0: really yeah with this one i have a bit of a weird take on it i don't worry it's nothing that you guys are gonna hate me how we hate gal right now uh <laughs> right uh-huh. it's when I was a kid, I this wasn't my favorite. My favorite was the first one when I was a kid, out um, of the three of them. Because I think this movie might be a bit too sophisticated at points for for a kid to truly like appreciate it. Uh, I don't know if you guys get what I'm coming from.
3: Uh, I was the like, same way when I saw it in theaters. I was kind of underwhelmed. Um, it it <laughs> yeah. took another watch for me to really appreciate what was going on. And I think you're right, sophistication not sure that's the word, because I don't think that yeah, when I yeah, think of I, these movies, but a piece of time. It's more, it's more refined, I guess, would be.
0: But, you know, for a 12-year-old, I yes. guess, that's yes. Cool. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, um, but now, after dozens of rewatches and all that, it is, um, we'll get to the rankings, but, like, it is one of my favorites, and out of the Raimi era, it is now my favorite. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, like, there's so many good things in this movie that train sequence is probably the best action scene of the 2000s and yep. um uh yeah just like I I love the melodrama in this movies again it's something that I gal pointed out it's something that he didn't like I actually love it uh it again encapsulates the moment in time that this, this movie <laughs> came out and um the will day one day uh, melodrama is like just really really fun in a way <laughs> to watch <laughs> in this movie I, when <laughs> i think of
2: the raimi trilogy i try to push kirsten dunst mj out of my mind like i i, wow. I always forget it i'm like this is a great movie yeah. and then whenever someone mentions that i'm like oh yeah that's right no. she i i can't stand kirsten dunst mj i actually can't like she she's so annoying like actually she's the worst she has, does nothing to help peter in any way she's so i, I I'm like, uh, she's yeah. Now that you mentioned it, I do not like that aspect. But again, it's it, I guess it's a part of the time. Maybe it's a it's a staple of the, yeah. the like she's the love interest and she has to be that way. I guess I don't know. She just does she, she really does annoy me. I can't stand her. Um, I'm like, just go away. Just go off and be with that other dude and Peter move on to Gwen or something. In Spider-Man Three, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard is Gwen. Much better choice in my opinion. But I, I do think Spider-Man Two is. It's definitely one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. I mean, it's it perfectly like after the first movie you have the origin story and now Peter's dealing with, you know, balancing Peter Parker life, Spider-Man life, and it's it's it, it was the first movie to do that on the big screen. We get some of that in this movie that I think we'll talk about today, Across the Spider-Verse. The second the other sequel uh does it as well, but this was the first one to kind of tackle that idea in the live action of Peter Parker balancing his life of spider-man his life is peter parker and you just see that here like you see the real struggle you feel a connection to peter as what he's going through like in this movie i think he probably feels much more like a real person someone uh was it ga- gal Thank mentioned that you don't think peter was a real person and he acted like a real person in the in the first spider-man movie
1: yeah i didn't feel like he was very realistic with his delivery it was just like a little it's just felt <laughs> kind of childish in that way Pizza
2: time. <laughs> pizza time yeah that's uh, in, in this movie i think there's in the story there's a much more real connection to peter that's kind of i mean none of us are spider-man but it's relatable mm-hmm. to us as humans you know to have to balance our different responsibilities that kind of thing and he's still figuring it out and there's some really cool action like they they nailed the formula and the, they nailed it in the first movie they got the the cgi the story or whatever and in the second movie it does what all great sequels do where it goes bigger, but it also goes deeper, right? Like it dives deeper into what Peter's thinking, how he ticks, how these other characters work. Um, it really like, it explores much more of what the characters are and it takes them a step further in their emotional journey that really just works and is the next natural step from where the first movie left off. So I think as sequels, it's one of the greatest sequels of all time. Definitely one of the greatest Spider-Man movies of all time, definitely holds up in my opinion. To today's standards and like you guys said the trans sequence obviously very memorable one of the most memorable sequences you know ever created very very good I think it's great I
1: like how I like how Peter's like in every action movie there's like um, there's like a moment between the hero and the villain where the hero's like making a moral speech or whatever and they're like what about doing the right thing and the villain's just like too bad I'm gonna do bad things anyway but here he's like you're right and he like like literally sacrifices himself and tries to help. Um, which I think the redemption part that he gets those last couple moments before he gets sucked into the MCU are pretty satisfying. And the whole like fireball action scene and the aftermath of that, like the last scene of him, of him drowning before Dr. Strange opens a portal.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And um, I, I, you, I, yeah, like you're completely right. Like the, the realness of it is just how much peter's life sucks in this movie yeah, i think uh, that's that's why it's so relatable because he's getting shit thrown at him like yeah every five minutes and um and he has to like you know balance that with like a new job and like uh having troubles with his boss and a girlfriend and well not really girlfriend but let's not get into that mess uh <laughs> uh and, like, she gets one? engaged right in front of him, like, the whole thing. So, uh, so yeah.
1: Wait, which one's the one where J.K. Simmons is like, you're fired? And then Elizabeth Banks comes in. He's like, hold up, you're unfired. Which one was that?
2: Was that this one? All of them. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> that happens at least five times. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: That's in every Spider-Man movie.
1: Yeah, like, he was supposed to write, reprise his role in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, and that didn't happen. Like, he is... This is one of the first ones that everyone agreed this actor and character pairing is so priceless. They can never be replaced. In animation in like, in YouTube specials and in, J- in the Simpsons even, it's always JK Simmons voicing uh J Jonah Jameson and it's so iconic and he's one of the best parts of the whole
2: franchise, the whole trilogy. Every Spider-Man movie. Him. He's fantastic, amazing, like iconic. Very good.
0: I think there's one point in the movie that like Peter asks uh, asks him to to give him his salary like a week early or something like that and he just starts laughing in like yes. the most uh, yeah. maniacal way ever and it's and it's I probably you, the movie and i'm like oh man you, you, you really can't ask your boss about that can you and um yeah this this is this movie i think it's probably it's still for me one of the best
3: I would just stand MJ for just a few seconds. Kirsten Dunst oh, okay. is absolutely getting shit on right now. She's she's really the, the she's the Skyler of Breaking Bad, where everybody doesn't like her. But That's true. She's, but she's like the grounded character that has to like point out Peter's bullshit and uh, you know get on with things. And I will say, there's two scenes that she nails. One when she's hanging upside down and she's in a wet T-shirt contest. Zendaya's not going to pull that off. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs>
3: that, that was the dream come true for a lot of young men watching that movie mm, yeah. secondly and more realistically the shot that you pointed <laughs> out at the end of the second film where alfred molina you know is, is tearing everything down and peter's holding it up and she finds out that he is peter parker the uh, look yeah. that kirsten dunst gives sells that entire movie it is just so perfect how she reacts to that uh it, it's like a top five spider-man moment so yes she is kind of boring and a stick in the mud but you kind of have to have the straight man character to balance out the the guy with the tentacles climbing the building and you know the yeah. the sage advice from aunt may who's completely over the top in the best way possible i believe there's a hero in all of us yeah so good okay the,
0: the first one <laughs> is when to are spraying and and, it yeah. blow, and yeah. everything blows up around her.
3: She's so Rosemary yeah. Harris is fantastic. The like the I cast in these movies, movies are, are really good. And I heard some I heard some hate towards Franco, which I don't
1: get. I think Franco is lovely I love in these Frank
3: movies. He's the movies. really good in these. In Especially the third. The third, one, third. I, think, I think,
1: think in the third one he's crazy. hilarious. What do we think's better though? Um Rosemary Harris or Sally Field or Marissa Tomei? How do we rank the Aunt May's here?
2: Oh, oh, that's a good question. I love
3: Sefe, oh. uh, which is short for Sally Field. Safei <laughs> is great. I would <laughs> say it's Rosemary, Sally, and then um, you know the younger one, Marissa Tomei. Yeah. I think that's I probably I might agree. I love
2: I love Sally Field as well, though. I yeah, thought she was, she's great. She was pretty good. I
1: thought they all fit pretty well for their respective tones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we're going to ratings. I would rate this one, I think an eight. Compared to the previous one, I think it holds up a lot better. Uh, just cause I felt like the plot here was a lot more sympathetic like you guys threw in and it wasn't just uh, like the sequel to the origin. Like there was some actual drama going on and some grandeur compared to the others. But here's where you guys are gonna lose me again. I see people ranking this next to like Guardians of the Galaxy and Logan and Joker all the time. For me, it's not up there. But it's still rewatchable. Okay.
2: Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh give it maybe a nine point five. It's almost perfect. I'd say. I, I just can't get on board with Kirsten Dunst. I'm so sorry.
0: I'm gonna go in between you two for a nine seven mm. five.
2: Okay. Oh, almost right. there. Oh, Very mm, closely, really. really breaking it down. <laughs> that's crazy. That's too much math for me.
3: Yeah. Let's like let's point let's point fives better. or zeros. That's good <laughs> for me. Yeah. That's <laughs> seven point five. What? Just to derail That's this even further, uh do you guys have like a what would you say is a a 10 out of 10 movie for you? Anybody any movie ever? Yeah, any movie well, ever.
0: It really depends on the context. Just want to hear your taste. Oh no, Back to the Future. Okay. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: Uh Indiana Jones 1 in 3. <laughs>
2: uh <laughs> The
0: Empire Strikes Back.
2: Okay. Oh, yes, definitely. Oh the man. I don't know, fruit. maybe uh I'm going to have to go I'm going to have to go uh uh Nolan here. I'm going to say Maybe Interstellar, I'd say. I love, man, I love yes. Interstellar. Yes! I was, I was about to say but I was
0: scared because I would get judged. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful. I, Beautiful. I yeah,
2: that's, that's, uh, that's an easy easy yeah, one to lie. say.
0: Spider-Man 3 came out in uh, 2007, also directed by Sam Raimi, also sure. starring Tobey Maguire, Toby Maguire and Kristen Dunst. And um, an incredible, incredible performance by... Um, Oh, God. I can't believe it. I forgot his name.
2: Topher Grace? Thomas Hayden. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Thomas Hayden Church. Church was good. I liked it.
1: <laughs> Thomas Hayden Church was actually better than Topher Grace. I'm sorry. And in Topher
3: things, Grace is actually fine in the movie, it's just they made that terrible decision to give him fangs and have his head pop yeah, out the PGC. Yeah. That's when it's real. But like, I, I, didn't
2: I didn't like Venom in this
1: movie, movie. yeah. yeah.
2: Like, he, like, he became Venom, and then it's yeah. like, why am I still seeing Topher Grace? <laughs> like, exactly, why is Eric? He's Norman still here. here still? Why am I not seeing Venom? It's just it's,
0: the problem you know, is he yeah. played Eric Foreman. I think that's the biggest issue with this casting. Is that the 70s show character? Yeah,
2: it's like my favorite Stan Lee
1: cameo over the three. Where they have the banner, I think it's a banner of Eddie Brock, and Stanley's like, you know, I guess one person can make a difference. And when when Stan passed away, a lot of people were posting that and like showing how much of a difference Stan made. So I really like that moment between him and Toby. Hmm.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: So yeah, so Spider Man three, like uh, a lot of people shit on this one a lot, and when I was a kid, I liked it. Like when I watched it in the movie theater, I was. I don't remember how old, how old I was. Maybe 13, 14, something like that. My son and loves this movie, dead. too. I mean,
2: you got uh,
3: you got Venom in it. That's really all you need at the end of the day. For yeah. No, exactly. Sony, I, uh, Sony loves Venom. Kid, Sony, loves, Sony Venom.
0: loves Venom. But me as a kid, I only needed black suit Spider-Man. Yeah. Having dad yeah. in a movie was like already made it a 10 out of 10 for me when I was a kid. So like uh, <laughs> the scene where he becomes a black Spider-Man, I was like, oh my God, he was like, A dream come true for me as a kid. Later on, I hated it. I hated watching it every time. But now I now I'm kind of in this weird middle ground that I kind of appreciate all the darkiness and all the weird stuff that happens in this movie. Uh even the most cheesy things, I I have a good time watching. I don't know really how to explain
2: it. I think no, it's it's fascinating to me. I know what I was gonna say. It's fascinating to me how people's perceptions of like the amazing spider-man 2 spider-man 3 like these movies that for the longest time people just just hate it on all the time this is terrible terrible movies why this is stupid uh and then like you get like no way home into the spider-verse like these movies that celebrate everything about spider-man i think it's really after like those movies that people like nowadays are in this this like way of be, just being like well you know there's things that are bad about it but i just really appreciate the movie as it is like people have really come to appreciate spider-man 3 amazing spider-man 2 for just the like the way they are unfortunately eli it has nothing to do with
3: that it's people my age are living in fantasy world where we want to relive the glory days of nostalgia <laughs> and so it's all based on nostalgia pure and simple it doesn't matter if the movie sucked when it came out or if it still sucks it's just i remember that I remember that and that's it <laughs> all it is. And that's why Disney <clears throat> is remaking all the classic cartoons because they sell incredibly
2: well. I think Sony is really nothing without Spider-Man, you know, like yeah. their partnership with Marvel is what's keeping them alive right now. Like totally. name a Sony Pictures movie besides Spider-Man.
3: Well, I mean, Men in, Men in Black International, of course, comes to mind.
1: My- Men in Black International, which bombed. I was about to say that.
3: I didn't even see that movie. I had no interest.
1: Like they put three villains in this movie. And in my opinion, the only one that's memorable or enjoyable, which it's in a very, very campy way, but I enjoyed Thomas Hayden Church as a Sandman. I feel like when you dig a little bit into it, there's a good archetype there. And Thomas Hayden Church, I think he did a good job. He's overall a really good actor. Um, I don't know if y'all have seen this movie sideways, which he was nominated for an Oscar for, but I'm going to shout that out just because I saw it recently, and I have to find that opportunity to shout it out. But basically, I feel like he was the only interesting one. Eddie Brock, he's just like a like a cocky, hot guy who becomes a villain because he's, you know, handsome white guy that's not Peter Parker and needs to get out of the way. One and two.
2: It's uh, well, obviously. Well, you can tell which villains Sam Raimi had interest in doing, and which ones, yeah. or I guess which one. <laughs> Sony was like but we want venom so he had to set up and pay off a villain in the same movie that had just been introduced in this movie like you can tell Thomas Hayden Church as Sandman like one villain you can do that with it's fine right and he kind of he had an emotional connection from the first movie to where like Thomas Hayden Church is all Michaels I did not not like kills that, that red cord was stupid I, I can see like my identity really. See <laughs> Yeah, for, for me, kind of it's like, like, like uh, the, the moment where Ray finds Ray out finds she's a It's like, okay, yeah. why? What did yeah. Add? Exactly. Yeah, I can see, like, because it added an emotional connection. It added that emotional connection between Peter and Thomas Hayden Church, right? Like Peter or uh, Peter and uh, Flint. It's Flint. Yeah, Samir. Flint Marco. Flint Marco. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like with Venom, there's he's just like it's so like it just Sony said we want Venom, so Sam Ray was like. Mm. <laughs> hey, I mean, uh, I guess I'll. So, like, they
1: so was saying the Venom movie, we want Venom.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's all. Sonya, uh, they're obsessed with Venom. I don't know what their problem is. But, like, it, yeah, he was like, I'll, I guess I'll add him in. He, you can tell which ones he had interest in doing and which ones he just kind of had to. Exactly. Yeah. Venom makes a lot of money. So, I guess I can see why they do.
0: <laughs>
2: okay. Yeah, I
3: would say time has the ability to heal wounds. And for me, that absolutely is the case with Spider Man 3. I don't hate this movie. Uh, I don't love it by any means, but it is a campy Saturday morning cartoon that you can watch (laughs) and have at least a superficial good time with it. There is still some decent emotional beats, especially in the final act. Um, Mm -hmm. We do get a good at least wrap up for the three main characters. Some Nice closure there. Nice little, you know, generic sunset moment where the camera goes away. But it is, you know, Spider-Man. It it worked. I do think... (laughs) I remember seeing this in theaters and X-Men 3, and both movies were <laughs> such a letdown, like such a disappointment, <laughs> especially X3. I was fuming about how bad that movie yeah. was. Oof. And now, all these years later, Wait. I can watch it. I still understand that it's not good and that X2 is like peak. But...
1: <laughs> I love X2. I'm sorry, but I love X2 more than Spider-Man 2. <laughs> so I, I love
3: <laughs> X2. X-Men 2 is one of my favorites. Oh, nice! Yeah. <laughs> but they just had such good foundations for those first two movies in both Spider-Man and X-Men, and the thir- third ones just dropped the ball completely. But if you take if you take away the expectation and the fact that they kind of ruined the trilogy, which is a kind of a big deal, and just watch yeah. them as their own thing, not too bad,
2: not yeah, too bad. No, it's it's yeah, it's um, it's like yeah, it's uh the the stuff with Peter and Harry, I think. Yeah. In the final act, very much works that emotional connection there, that payoff of their relationship. You know, where Peter or Harry at the end, he decides to help Peter in the final battle. I think right. that works. I think and that no
3: look, no look bomb throw is is fantastic. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Like that. That fight between them was great. Yeah. They, I think their relationship works, and the payoff is very satisfying, and, mm. and Harry sacrificing himself. So I think that part of the movie is really the center and that's what i appreciate about it mainly well there's I, three I, I movies
3: was... rammed into one movie you know you, yeah. you you have the the hairy relationship that could have easily taken an hour and a half film uh, venom yeah. of course that should have had its own movie um, uh-huh. i know Ramy, for a while wanted to do this as a two-parter <laughs> good boy, good boy. but it just kind of every everything that they decided to do was just getting thrown out the window yeah uh uh-huh. really and he sad. was going to come back he was going to come back and do four But because Sony pissed him off so much and wouldn't wait for him to properly get his script together, they're they're like, no, we're just rebooting
2: the whole thing. We got to keep moving Well, Because Sony, again, Sony was like, because they're like, in order to keep the rights to Spider-Man, which again is the only thing that makes Sony, you know, memorable. Right. Uh, They're like, in order to keep the rights, like we got to get this movie out by this certain date. So instead of waiting for Sam Raimi to write a good Spider-Man 4, because he wanted to, you know, have a send off to the series that he was satisfied with. So like, instead of waiting for him to do that, they just said, we're making Amazing Spider-Man 2, just so they can keep the rights to Spider-Man.
0: Let's start with Gao again, because I have a feeling it's also the lowest one.
1: When I revisited it back when No Way Home was about to come out, it's still silly, but it's not terrible, but it is a bit of a letdown. I'll say five and a half out of ten. Five, maybe.
3: Uh, I'm going to go with just a a solid seven out of ten. Seven, keep, in mi- right? keep in mind, we're coming from a 10 out of 10 with my previous
2: movie, so
3: there's a big dip there, but 7 out of 10, that seems appropriate.
2: Eli? Uh, probably a 6. I, I, I'm going to go the same with Gal, actually, on this one. Yeah, probably a 6, a six out of 10. Sure. It's, it's, it's sad, I'll, you
0: know. I'll but... go with Madam. Uh, I can enjoy this movie a lot when I watch it, even though I can also be sorely disappointed at times. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think a 7 on an enjoyment uh, basis. Woodward.
1: Beautiful. So, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse came out just now. It's directed by, and the voice cast is enormous: shamik Moore, Haley Steinfeld, Brian Tyree Henry, Lua, Luna Lauren velez Jake Johnson, Issa Rae, uh, Jason Schwartzman, Daniel Kaluuya, Oscar Isaac, Karen Sony, Amanda Stenberg, and many more. Because and the, December. Multiverse the multiverse is so. Yeah, and December. So uh-huh.
2: that was fun. Yeah.
1: Andy Stanberg, yes. I loved Andy Stanberg. We and had like two lines and he stole the movie. Um, all right, let's start. Spider
3: Verse, it's, it's fantastic. Love this movie. It, uh, it did the thing that Disney's afraid to do, which is make good animation again, do something creative <laughs> and, and different. Yeah. It, uh, it's a beautiful movie. It takes 3D technology, marries it with traditional 2D. And not only that, but it goes for broke. They're not only animating on the twos, they're animating on the threes, meaning two frames per second, at some points, three frames per second. So they're just trying a ton of great stuff and all of it's working incredibly well. You have a new Spider-Man, Miles Morales. He's great, Gwen Stacy's fantastic, Spider-Gwen. I just, it's, it's emotionally impactful. It has a great pace, it has great characters. I just don't know how you go wrong. This is one of my favorite Spider-Man movies, easy.
2: Yeah.
0: Eli, what about you? What did you think this weekend going into
2: the movies? Oh, man. Yeah, so I've seen it twice now. It's across the Spider-Verse. I went to see it Thursday night nice. and Friday night. I had to go again because it's just... I love this movie so much. It's, oh, my it's, God.
3: I'm sorry. Eli, I'm sorry. I apologize. I thought we were doing Into the Spider-Verse. This is across the Spider-Verse. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no I got to hear this.
1: Well, everything you said works for
3: both. It does, <laughs> but I, I want to back up a little bit. There are things yeah, that no. don't work in the sequel for me. And that is they went for broke this time with the visuals, which to their credit look amazing. However, it does also lead to inconsistencies. Whereas, I mean, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? It's all subjective. But maybe you don't want to watch Watercolor World for 30 minutes. You want to go back to more of the Miles Morales style. And I do feel like sometimes it undercuts the drama aspect when they are getting really playful with those colors and backgrounds. And it's a, a more emotional scene your eyes are kind of not sure what to focus on or your brain and it can kind of take you out. Other negative, again, I love this movie. It's really good. Other negative though, it feels like someone hit stop before the movie is over and you're just sitting there like this is where we're ending it. I mean, there's a 20 minute slow roll ending on this two hour and 20 minute film that really kind of Mm -hmm. deflates everything, in my opinion. You have a solid two hour movie that's just running fast and and beautiful. And then the last Mm -hmm. 20 minutes feel like the end of a season of Lost where they're wrapping up all the characters and teasing another season. And uh, that that was the only bummer for me. But I think it can obviously improve upon when the sequel comes out. And then I'll look back on this one and be like, okay, well, now we have the whole picture and it's it's great. But as for now,
2: uh, great movie doesn't quite hit the mark that Into the Spider-Verse did. Uh, I was nervous going into it because Lord and Miller, they create these super, you know, fresh, innovative, funny, you know, first movies. They did the Lego movie. They did Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, 21 Jump Street, obviously. Uh, But then they also did the Lego Movie 2, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2, which are kind of lackluster.
1: Lego Movie 2 is great.
2: Lego Movie 2 is garbage. Yeah, I I didn't... Lego I movie's have, great. I was like, the, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like Lord Imagine. and Miller, I was like, they do these super, like, c- crazy, innovative first movies that just, like, mm-hmm. push the media, the medium that they're working in, you know, so far. And they set these sequels are not really as great, in my opinion. I was like, no. so I don't know. What if they're going to fumble this one? And I just don't think they did it. But I also think it might have been because they weren't directors, right? They were just, like, they're there. Their creative energy and their... Blessing is all over this movie, like you can tell. It's a Lord and Miller film. Miles Morales has always been like my favorite Marvel character. I've loved the character. He's I discovered so the good. comics. He's so,
0: so good.
2: Yes, Wait, and this movie so especially, really? Like, he really gets like his character specifically gets to shine. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. I I don't have mine with me, but yeah, yeah. That's discovered that like almost a decade ago. That's that's he's just been like very much more so than the Peter Parker Spider Man. He's just been my favorite. Marvel character for the longest time so when they announced Into the Spider-Verse and they released like the first little teaser trailer like I watched that thing like 15 times I was like I was so excited for the first one the first one blew me away super awesome I rewatched it before I watched the second one and I was just like it's just marvelous it's so good Mm -hmm. so emotional heartfelt you know but also so funny action-packed and and the sequel is no different I think that it just really shines a light on how him as a character I just think he's such a such an amazing character uh and the movie the story that they decided to do it was it shows how the mcu's multiverse like it, it's so much better because the you get the scene with all the spider people in it in this movie right like they go to the spider society and you're like look at that is. you're just like pointing at all the different people that you see the most exciting part the part where people's jaws are just on the floor has nothing to do with people that we've seen before. It's because it's built that emotional connection to the character and to the story to that point to where it's just it's shocking you, it's wowing you. It's using the the Spider-Verse and the multiverse as a tool to further the story and to mm-hmm. build that emotional connection with Miles Morales as a character and to push him to do these things and make these choices that cause him to evolve and grow and force him to change as a character. And it's just used much more efficiently than I would say it is in the MCU right now. Where it's just like, it's almost used as a distraction for Disney, right? Like, it's yeah. almost like, hey, look who that is, like in No Way Home. No Way Home, I think it's, eh, it's a great movie. I love it. It's because of how well the nostalgia is handled. But the story itself, the setup is what really gets criticized. So the nostalgia there is kind of used as a distraction. Like, like the story is not great, you know, but like, hey, look over here there's this really cool person that you know before so yeah it's
3: all superficial it's window dressing yeah. whereas uh across the spider-verse actually uses the multiverse to tell a, a decent narrative like a compelling character yes. arc
1: i would compare like stuff like from a sensory perspective and a stylistic perspective this to me felt like the animated everything everywhere all at once yeah um, great <laughs> movie and from that first scene like if I could tell right away that this was actually going to try to like deviate from the structure of the first, just cause it was the pacing was a lot slower, which I occasionally took issue with just cause it took a while to get into the multiverse. But then also you have that opening scene from Gwen's world, which I just saw had this like wild rebellious energy to it that I didn't even feel in the first movie. And I thought automatically they were doing new things with it. Um, and of course the emotion was great. Like you said, like, uh, there's this one character who's sort of in danger. Well, now we're in spoilers, Brian Tyree Henry's character is danger. His fate is looming over that third act. And I really felt it. I was like, I don't want this man to die because he's such a loving favorite. Like he's harsh on his son, but you love this character. And um, the, the stuff that they give his mother, she gets so much more to do. I, I thought she did really good. When she's talking about uh, like looking out for himself and stay that young boy and protect, uh, protect the idea that he is loved and that he is capable.
0: And she, and she was like, "What?" And uh, like that, my heart dropped because right away when she said "what," I realized what happened—that he went to like the yeah. wrong yeah. universe. I didn't at first. I thought they were doing some. Where the universe
1: the Spider came from?
3: I thought they were doing some cheesy MCU joke. Joke, she's like, like to undercut what? the emotion. Who's, I've never heard of Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh.
1: No, because that's so brilliant that they the collider sucked the spider out of this universe and then stop Spider-Man from existing. By
2: the way, the craziest thing to me about the first movie is that you see the spider glitching out when it's walking Mm -hmm. around and stuff. Mm -hmm. So they had it set up, like like they had this planned out from the first movie. That was crazy to me. I'm like, that's insane. That's just the stuff that you wanna see, you know? Like they they didn't just make the first movie and then, okay, this is a success. Now, where do we go from here? Like, it seems like they just kind of had it planned out all along. Like, this is what they wanted to do with this character. And that's really impressive to me. That's what I think is amazing about, you know, this particular movie. It's incredible. Like, such an achievement. I think in a way,
1: though, Adam was a little right that a lot of it is coming at you in, like, a very overwhelming way. There are times where it's like, okay, this is a little too much to take in. Because there's some some amazing, like, wow, details are pointing your finger stuff. It's all coming at you at this lightning speed. Um, But I... I do think, like for example, the scene when Miles and Gwen are hanging and talking, like these amazing vibes mixed with the the music. I thought, I thought just from a vibes perspective, uh, this surpasses the first movie. Or just from that, like the uh, ambition or the style or the the technical achievement, it's up there for animation movies ever.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think, like this movie, like really explores a lot of things that I didn't think we were gonna explore, like, it really goes deep into some stuff. We were talking about, like, how Spider Man 2 you know went deep and was uh bigger, mm-hmm. and this is kind of that as well. Like, but yeah. it turned absolutely. Like, the way that they that they ex- like they really go deep into my relationship with his parents, even though his parents are great, anyone would wish for like parents that are that yeah. good, uh, yeah. and um. But still, you're, you're a teenager, you, you hate them. That's just how it works. But also, I think the thing that most surprised me was uh, the, what they did with uh, Gwen's character. Um, I thought it was really crazy how her dad was ready to, like, arrest her. Yeah. And that sets her off to a point that she actually betrays um, Miles. Yeah. Uh, just like everyone else apparently did as well, and uh, that moment I think it's the best moment in the movie when he realizes that everyone basically betrays him, and uh, everyone knew that his dad was gonna die. That like that for me was like the like the best moment in the movie. We've had
3: many of these, you know, Deathly Hallows Part One, Matrix Reloaded. They've all had the the cliffhanger ending, but even so, they feel a little bit more complete than this one did this has yeah. everything is still yeah. very much open-ended except for i guess uh, gwen's story has a I, little bit of closure
1: i do feel like maybe it was a little bit of like not the best possible moment it. it is a great moment but i would have loved to see a little bit more climax just because they set up that moment with the spot and um like also into the spider-verse had just such a good um climax like especially that moment with where they like reprise the Peter Parker theme where he's like jumping onto the collider um if y'all remember this exact moment I'm talking about so I was expecting them to at least have some sort of like to end it within the fighting and they sort of ended it a bit on a fizzle not a fizzle out per se uh, because it is like a shocking moment when Miles reveals himself but it did feel a little more like dune part one
2: or back to the future part two the ending of infinity war we're building 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 we get to the climax of the movie and then it's like, we keep going like a little bit, yeah. like a little bit, yep. we get, okay, we're slowing down. We slow yeah. down and then it ends. Like, it's like the return just, of the King,
3: the movie's over, but then you have the
2: 30 yeah. minutes of like wrap up oh stuff, God. which I
3: love it, I love it no matter what. But I mean, that's kind of how it <laughs> goes, right? Yeah it's, like, it's like, done,
2: yeah, it's like, it's like, Then you are moving on. Yeah, it's like, we we're done. Oh wait, yeah. are we done now? Like, oh, we're still going. Okay, we're done. That's exactly, exactly what I was no, thinking of okay. like, exactly. Exactly. when are you gonna hit it's me? When are you gonna hit me? Yeah, the exactly. First time that they,
0: they, I thought they were gonna end it with him going back. That's the yeah. first like fake out and Yeah, uh huh. I thought so and too. and in my head I was like, no, please not, but I was like, fuck, it's perfect if it stops right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it didn't and like as much as I enjoyed like as a fan to see like all these little things and all these teasers, like especially the team that they assemble I, yeah. I thought that was really cool. Like uh, yeah. the the team from the first movie and our favorites from the second, like they were really yeah. good at knowing that we would fall in love with those specific
2: characters, because mm-hmm. those are exactly
0: yeah. the ones that are like good.
2: It goes to Earth forty two, and it's like, then he realizes he's in the wrong universe. Then he realizes Earth. Uncle Aaron's still alive. Then he realizes there's a Prowler that smiles around. Like it just kept going. It was shocking. Like, it was-
1: and it's like they have a little conversation after Prowler.
0: Reveal. Yeah
2: yeah exactly like and then i thought it, it was did, gonna end he... when it says
0: earth, for, earth 42 with uh with his uncle and oh it yeah yeah yeah
2: <laughs> like yeah once you get once miles got to the other universe like any second i was just waiting for it to end any every second. time yeah or, or when the camera pans over and, they show his yeah. and his dad is dead on the side of the building yeah. and it's like oh yeah. now we're
3: done nope i still loved
2: every second of it every second of the movie like every frame needs to be hung in a museum it's beautiful like yeah, yeah. I I thought I thought it was great. Maybe they just didn't know exactly where to cut it off. You know, maybe they yeah. didn't cut off at the best possible split. But it's- so let's let's do
0: ratings. Um, oh, I have no idea who's gonna give the, the lower one for this one. So, so let's just start with you, like, cause you were talking anyway.
2: <laughs> okay, great. Um, I give, I give it a ten out of ten. I give it a ten out of ten. Like I love this movie so much.
0: I'll give a few closing
1: thoughts. First of all, Oscar Isaac, Daniel Kaluuya, two standout voice performances for me. Kaluuya especially, he was so chaotic and I loved him. Overall, like I said, the ambition, the vibes topped the first movie. Maybe not the plot, just cause one is complete, the other not quite yet. And similar to, I think, like Dune or other movies, like I had to rewatch for that cliffhanger to settle in and be okay with that. So I feel like if I rewatch, I'll roll with it more. Um, and also I just think like Jake Johnson and um, Miles Morales' dynamic in the first movie made that heart even stronger. But overall, Uh, i think the ambition pays off and i never thought i'd be this excited for beyond the spider-verse i'm going to say right now eight and a half out of ten but i think it'll go up on a rewatch
3: Uh, i'll piggyback off that because that's exactly what i would say eight and a half out of ten with the possibility of it going up i think the thing that uh separates from the first is some of the inconsistency with the animation styles adding the live action moments in there didn't do anything for me outside of roll my eyes, especially the venom that venom scene. is like, what, why, why was this here? Yeah, Sony, shut up. And I also love <laughs> Sony's that. like, watch our movie. Yeah. I love that. Sony out of any company is so obnoxious with their, their product placement. Oh like, man, dude. Yes. Spider-Man on the computer. He's got Sony headphones. It's yeah. like, Give me a break with this crap. No one's no I'm one's
2: like, this. I'm like, I never see Sony products out in the no. world. I'm sorry. No one owns I never Spider- see them. Spider-
1: The Amazing Spider-Man 2. It's added like a Sony bio. Yeah,
2: yeah. like PlayStation PlayStation is it. People have PlayStation. A lot of people yeah. have PlayStation. Yeah. yeah. Speaking like, of
0: the Easter egg with the with the PlayStation Spider-Man was so uh, I don't know if you guys played it, but I played yeah. the whole oh, game. Oh, yeah, I love that game. I loved it. Yeah. And that Easter egg was so, so funny. Yeah. Like, that was
2: funny. It's funny because he's the, playing the second game, though. Like yeah. that's that was like my brother was like you can see he does uh, the takedown. Like my brother notices That's on my son side too It's
0: like this. This is no, like no, no. A game. I'm talking about a yeah. different one, that they were they were in the like in the spider. What is it called? Spider, oh, and like the actual like character of Peter Parker from the video games. Comes yeah. Up, it's like, hey, uh, you're yeah. talking about me. yes yeah, yeah. 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 What, about, so what about
1: and freaking Childish Gambino? There was great oh, cameos for sure.
3: The Childish, Childish Gambino one didn't work for me. Oh yeah.
1: I love the challenge. I, I just love him, so I don't know. Yeah, it was I, very. I love him
3: too, but it's just funny. He's like, "Hey, I'm here."
2: Yeah, he, he was. He kind of looked bored. He always looks yeah. bored, actually.
1: It worked. he was like kind of a payoff from homecoming. Home.
2: Yeah, I know. Oh, like,
0: good. let's uh, yeah. let's go back to the ratings. Yeah, uh, actually, we have two against two here because I'm going with Eli. I'm going a ten out of ten as well. I love this movie. Beautiful, uh, fantastic, Ooh. and yeah it's i think it's my favorite movie of the year so far and uh yeah i can't wait to watch it again i only watched it once and i really want to watch it again great uh are you guys ready for our top 10 sure 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 sure. so um way we yeah, do top 10 here any... we usually run through basically 10 to 3 like each of us uh then we go everyone's second and then everyone's first basically. okay so, Gawon, why don't you start us off?
1: Okay, I have 10 at the very bottom, Spider-Man 3. Number 9, Tasm 2, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, used to love it when it was in theaters. Didn't age well for me. 8, Spider-Man... No, no, Amazing Spider-Man. 7, Spider-Man 1. 6 is where you guys will hate me. Spider-Man 2. 5, Far From Home. Um, 4... Uh, Homecoming, and then Into the Spider-Verse, Across the Spider... Oh, I said number two. Number three, Into the Spider-Verse. Cut
2: that. Alright. At number ten, I also have Spider-Man 3. That one just... Um, Number nine is Tasm 1. And then... (laughs) Tasm. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I don't know. That's so... (laughs) That's what I have not written down as my phone. Like, I just, I, um, that's how I've been saying it.
1: I did that too, and I hate myself for it. Yeah. It
2: was, who's going to write The Amazing Spider Man? takes so long. That's a task. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I put Amazing One, Amazing Two. Then uh, Far From Home is number eight for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven is Homecoming. And then number six is Raimi One, Spider Man One. Uh, number five is Raimi Two. Number four is actually TASM Two, Amazing Spider Man Two. Really love it. Really?
0: That game. Wow. What? Yeah, that is a surprise.
2: That is a wild card. All right. Number three is actually No Way Home. I, I did enjoy it.
3: I have amazing.
2: Uh,
3: I'm sorry. TASM 2 at number <laughs> 10.
2: <laughs> yeah. Ooh. I have
3: TASM <laughs> 1 yeah. at number 9. I have Far From Home at number 8. Oh my I have God.
0: Spider Man Go 3. On.
3: At number seven okay you guys are really not gonna like me here no way home at six hmm. understandable homecoming at five i actually quite enjoy that film hmm. uh spider-verse two at four across the spider verse if you will across hmm. the at spider ats at, ATSV. And, ats <laughs> the. atsv oh okay at's
1: at's the. The. smats smats spider-man across the spider-verse and then it's spider-man it's Og
3: Spider-Man bad. at number three. Okay, okay. ooh, it's
0: okay. quite a so, quite a list. Hmm. So uh, I think we all have very different lists, which is <laughs> yeah, I, I know, right? You know why?
2: Because lists are bullshit. Uh, Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> mine will change in five minutes. Exactly. Oh,
0: for sure. <laughs> well, uh, so mine one is uh, mine's going to make Eli hate me probably. So, Tasm Two is my town tham- My we We're in uh, agreement. Then One.
3: We're in agreement.
0: Uh, then Spider Man three at eight. Uh Homecoming at seven. Mm. Then the original Spider Man at six. I feel like you guys are not gonna like that one.
2: No, that's Here. the same as mine, actually.
0: Oh paper.
1: Hey, you adored homecoming.
0: Then number five <laughs> Spider Man into the Spider Verse. The first hmm. one. Hmm. Uh, um, number four, Spider Man Far From Home. I love this movie. I don't understand mm, how far from home. Okay, interesting. Far from home. Okay, all right. And number three, Across the Spider Verse. Hmm,
1: okay, so so I guess if I say two, I have to say one because then there's only one, one option, right? And we don't
0: remember your other movies, I'll yeah. Don't
1: I don't even remember said. my movies. It's fine. it's fine. Number two is this one, number two is Across the Spider Verse. Um, I'm I'm feeling it. I coming in from. I was just impressed by how many daring um, and rewarding directions it took, and I'm surprised by how much I'd look forward to rewatching it. Honestly, and the third one.
2: So yeah, that's Spidey verse two for me. My number two. Okay, so my one and two are actually tied. I don't know if you guys. Um, yeah, okay, they're, go they're tied. But number two is probably it's across the Spider Verse. I would say. Mm. Nice.
3: Uh, my number two is Into the Spider-Verse.
2: Hmm.
3: Okay. Nice. All right.
0: I accept that. Yeah. Okay. My number two is Spend uh, 2. That's... Uh,
3: Not my number one and two are also, I consider,
0: like, I go back and forth. Yeah, with I go game. back and forth with my, with my one and two as well. Uh, and also one thing from six on with me, which is, like, Spider-Man, they're all, like, over nine, nine and a half. So, like...
2: Right. Yeah, uh-huh.
0: Love yeah. them, so it's uh, it's just a bullshit list at the end.
1: So my number one, call me a basic bitch, but call me a basic bitch, but no way home. But a lot of it is based on the theatrical experience and the anticipation. I mean, Spider-Man three with Tom Holland became something that was as anticipated as Infinity War and Endgame, and for me, it really paid off, and uh, I've rewatched it since, and I still love it. Uh, that's why No Way Home is, for now at least, still my number one.
2: Okay. um my number one would probably be Into the Spider-Verse. Again, my number one and two are basically tied. I yeah. absolutely adore that movie. Uh, I, I know what you're saying about No Way Home, uh, Gal, which is why it's number three for me mainly. But Into the Spider-Verse, I mean, it's just quintessential Spider-Man stuff. You know, like, like I think across the Spider-Verse as well. But very much that central core of themes, the themes that we see all the time in Spider-Man. And it's just a celebration of all Spider-Man. So I just, it's my favorite, definitely number one. Yeah,
3: if it didn't have a plot that was written by a seven-year-old, I would I would agree with you guys on the on the No Way Home. <laughs> no Way Home. Um, <laughs> Peter, Peter's got to get his friends
2: into college, so he tired and turns to Doctor Strange. <laughs> Come on, let's bring in all of my other toys that I also love so much.
1: MIT, we cause the King
3: Dynasty. Peter, wait, what are you doing? Stop talking, Peter. Wait, what are you doing? Shut the fuck up, Peter. And it's, that's the whole storyline.
2: Um, no, but yeah,
3: I I get it. it. And if you're a basic bitch, I'm a basic bitch from my generation because Spider-Man 2 is is uh, where I like to live. So into the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man 2, those are my tops.
0: So, so I guess it really does show that like I'm really, like, the in-between here. That, like, my my favorite movies tied are No Way Home and Spider-Man 2. So, uh, so yeah. No Way Home hey, you movies, are in the middle, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, I, I really just, I love both of them so much for completely different reasons. And, um, yeah, they're interchangeable between 1 and 2. But right now, I guess, I would say No Way Home, just to say that one of them is. But uh, just because of that movie experience, like, uh, I, uh, like I'll like I never forget, like, being in that theater. Yes. When uh-huh. when um, Andrew Garfield and Masks, and I was like, oh, my God. That was,
1: that very, was nice very nice. Yeah.
0: You, you were, oh, really? I, That's fun. Yeah. I freaked out. Yeah. Because uh-huh. <laughs> like, even though we just <laughs> said that, like, we don't like TASM, like, it's my, at least I don't like TASM, it's my l- least favorite ones. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, I think Again.
3: everybody likes Andrew Garfield. He just seems like yeah. a likable actor. Yeah.
2: That
0: like, goes
1: a long way. He's the most successful out of the three outside of Spider Man.
2: Yeah. yeah. He's like yeah. the one that's like just an Oscar. He's, he's the only one who's Oscar nominated. Exactly. Ooh. Yeah. Like he's just a great actor. Like his other yeah. stuff, he's yeah. just a good actor. So, yep. yeah. I mean, that, but that's, that's why I go to the movies, right? Like, mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah. the movie experience, is when you're in a room with a ton of people all experiencing the same emotional journey that's going on with these characters. And you're getting that reaction, like look in the theater when Andrew Garfield takes his mask off, everyone in the theater just erupted, you know, just so excited to see this character again. And it's just like, to have that a reaction from an audience, that's why I go to the movies. That's why I love, just love experiencing these stories with other people. When you're all in that room, you put all, you leave all your differences at the door and you're all experiencing the same thing that's really just like that's that's why no way home's so far up for me like the story itself obviously yeah not not the greatest most story ever yeah. Yeah. yeah but the experience is something that i'll never forget and that's mm-hmm. just like it's just why i i love movies so much is that's yeah. that's the movie experience for me so that's why it's so high up for me it's just and I'll you know forget what's from.
0: crazy i've rewatched the movie a lot since then uh like a lot wow. <laughs> and and it's still, of course, it doesn't hit, doesn't hit me the same way, but all the times that like I don't know if it's because I remember when it happened with uh, the audience, but like all those big moments, I still get like this big dope ass smile yeah. on my face when when they happen, and I'm just like, oh yeah, that's why I'm rewatching this movie. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's um, and when um. When Toby Maguire shows up looking like a youth pastor, I was just like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> it's what I needed. I didn't know I needed it. Jehovah's Witness coming in. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>
1: Let me talk to you about Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, the youth, the cool youth pastor.
0: Look, we could, we could we talk, could talk right, about that our a, favorite That website. was a great show. Yeah. Um... Thank you guys so much for uh, dropping by on, on a weekend. Oh yeah, thanks for uh, having us. Thanks for having us. Uh, do you guys want to shout out your, uh, your socials? Where can people find you?
2: And uh, yeah. You can find me on Instagram at the really Eli Hollingsworth, on YouTube at the really Eli Hollingsworth as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm primarily
3: on YouTube. You can find me on all the TikToks and crap, but YouTube's where I like to live. It's uh, Adam Does Movies.
1: We're at Film Fanatics Pod and Film Fanatics on YouTube and Spotify. And you can watch this episode and many more like it with. And many other awesome guests And movie related subjects
0: Yes, so that's it uh, That's uh, that's our show for today Thanks again uh, for these great guests uh, Adam and Eli You guys did great, it was a fun episode Love talking Spider-Man And uh, Yeah, you guys are welcome to come back anytime And uh, thank you so much for watching See you guys soon